Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. And um, 
That's why, you know, we're going into a lot of things today, but he is the Christ, the Son of a living God. And when Jesus talked about he is God's Son, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, and he talks about his Father in so many places. He even taught us when you pray, pray to, to the pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he talks so much about his Father, the Father this, the Father that. But when Jesus is talking about his father, that's exactly literally who he means, his father in heaven, the one that begat him, created him, brought him into existence. But the difference between Jesus' birth and our birth, Denny, is this. We are all born of a human male and female, and we're made of the elements of the earth. Jesus right. was not born of a of a human male or of God and his wife, as the Greek mythology teaches in uh, Sumerian and Egyptian mythologies. Jesus was born from his father. He's almost like God took a divine cell and let it grow, and it and it grew and grew until it became a, a little infant, the Son of God, and grew and grew and grew. So Jesus is truly the Son of God in every in every sense of the word son. Uh-huh. And God is a father, his father, in every sense of the word father. And you know when the, I quote those two verses though, Pastor Harry, that I always encounter when I tell people that. Well, in the beginning the word was with God and the word was God. And the other verse Jesus said, uh uh, if you've seen the Father you've seen me. Uh, hold on a second. Have oh, you seen me? You've seen the Father. Danny, what, what were these two famous uh, quoted verses? Because uh, I'm looking well, for one. Some Jesus said, "If you see me, you seen the." One Jesus said, "If you see me, you've seen the Father." And the other one is, uh, uh, "In the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God." That's the two they always quote. Hello? 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 I'm listening. listen. I couldn't hear you, Danny. The whole thing just blacked out. I'm back. I couldn't hear the last ten, the, anything you said the last uh, ten seconds. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, the two, that's okay. In the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and if you've seen me, you've, you've seen the Father. Yeah, well, they are their favorite verses, okay? So let's look at these verses, and it's a good point. Got to remember, first thing we have to remember is, contrary to popular myth and perception, Jesus did not speak English, and the Bible was not written in English. The Bible, the Gospels, were spoken in Hebrew and Aramaic, and then they were... um, translated into Greek and that's when the first gospels were actually written was in Greek and then from Greek to Latin and Greek and Latin into finally English so a lot of what we're reading there's a few mistranslations in the Bible the King James Version has about four major mistranslations because human beings people translated the Bible so you could say well how do we know it's accurate well because Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit who will lead and guide us into all truth. And really what John 
one one, the Gospel of John one one really says is, in the beginning was the Word, or logos in Greek, the Word, and the Word was with Theos, God. That's their word for God in Greek, Theos, and the Word was Theos. Now, it could have said son of Theos as well. And that could have been watered down to agree with Trinity into uh, Theos. But I have, to take, I have to take a quick break here for medical reasons, Danny. So we're going to play a song, and I'll be uh, right back, okay? All right. Okay. <laughs> So really, when you read John one one, it's written in Greek, but I'll put in the key Greek words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, well, the Word was with Theos, and the Word was Theos or Son of. The- pronounced. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. So the the Jewish faith, the Hebrew religion, was the very first. Okay. Call dropped. Okay. Okay. Wait a second here. Danny, play a commercial. Play a commercial. Hey, Danny. I'm back. Yeah. I I don't know what's happening today, but it's messed up. 
Well, what's happening is I gave all the workers here in our major studio the day off, so it was just you and me. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I cut him a break, take a day off, you know. But anyway. Uh, I hope you doctor pay. No, I pay him more. <laughs> <laughs> Not so seriously, Danny. So here we are, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Theos, and the Word was Theos. In a Hebrew religion, Theos would mean to a Hebrew, to a Jewish person that believed in Judaism, Theos, if they heard the Greek word Theos, it would mean um, one God. Theos, they'd say, that's God. That's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one God of the Bible that created everything. Now, if you say God to a Hindu, he's going to say, well, that's the great Hindu trinity, Brahma, Brahman, Vishnu, and Shiva. And if you say God to a, if you say God to a Norseman or a Viking or someone into that that stuff or ancient, they would say, oh, that's the uh, God, Theos would be the um, Theos would be the uh, Odin, the Norse Trinity, right? Odin, Thor, and uh, Loki, or Boulder. So, see, so it's all relative. Um, so, and if you'd say to any quote. Christian in the world today, God, they right away proclaim a pagan trinity. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three is one, you know, and that's uh, that's what you get from them. But the original writer of the uh, of the of the Gospel of John was probably John, and I believe John may have even well, I don't believe. Well, I come to believe this with a person that's very special to me that John may have co-written the gospel's gospel with Mary Magdalene. Because in those days, if a woman put her name on anything, they're, they're not going to even look at it. It was a very That's chauvinistic... True. Right, just like uh, Mary Shelley, the English writer that wrote Frankenstein, her husband took the book and published it in his name. And then he started to feel so guilty over it, he broke that, that iron, that curtain against women, and he went out in public and said, my wife... She, uh, my wife actually wrote the book. So it's very possible they collaborated together and John just put his name on it because the, the young disciple John and Mary Magdalene were the two closest of all the disciples and, and apostles and everyone else in the Bible to Jesus. You know, they would be, I'm sure John and Mary would spend a lot more time with Jesus. They would go up, they would talk to him, they'd hang out with him, ask him more questions and stuff. And Because if you read the Gospel of John, it's, um, the Gospel of John, then he has a lot more words in it than the, the synoptic Gospels of Mark, mm-hmm. Luke, and, and Matthew. I mean, there's a lot more things Jesus said that aren't in those three Gospels, a lot more personal you know, uh, uh, things like he's actually speaking to his father and he's saying, father, his father, it is time to glorify your son. Just, you know, just as you are glorified in heaven. So, I mean, so it just gets into a lot more of his statements. They remembered a lot more of what Jesus said, like nowhere in the other gospels does it say my peace I give unto you. In the world, you'll have tribulations. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I mean, you don't, see what I mean? So I yeah. really think that was a collaborative effort. And back in those days, as it is 
even today in some parts of the world, even in the USA, women are second-class citizens, sadly, and they're put down. You know, like they, like they, they used to say in churches even, women should be seen, not heard. Paul even wrote, women should remain silent in church. That's the words from Paul. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You either following Jesus in spirit and truth, or you're rebelling. Right? Oh, call drop. Oh, wow. I'm back, yeah, Pastor Hey, We're having all kinds of difficulties. Yeah, well, my biggest difficulty is my TV, just the sound blue, so I have to get a new TV. But we make so much money here with a million listeners, $100,000 a week in donations. I just can't figure if I want to get a 85 or 90-inch TV. I don't know, Danny. We'll have to see. But yep. seriously, i got to move anyway, so I don't have to worry about breaking the TV when I move. It's already broken. That's true. You don't have to pack it. No, we'll just go buy a new one at Walmart. Yeah, you can buy it when you get there, wherever you're moving. And a new cable hookup, yeah. I'm hoping to move within seven to ten days. We're out of here. It'd be nice. Oh, oh it's gonna. It, it is gonna be nice because we, we are going. We're gone. Right. Past tense. So anyway, so what the Gospel of John really say, is saying is, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning of what? In the beginning of creation, either of the earth or the universe itself. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, Theos, and the Word was either it said the Son of Theos or divine. Because Jesus would be what his Father is. He came out of his Father, so from his uh, divine genetics, you could say. So what's the son of a donkey, Denny? A donkey. Right. What's the son of a lion? A lion. Okay, what's the son of a man? A man. What's the son of God? Uh, That's a good question. Yeah. Trips you up a little bit. You can't say God. No, because God always existed. He is divine. Divinity. Divine. But he's not, um, he's not God. He's his son. He would have the same quote, uh, divine DNA as his father. The same molecular spirit structure. But then again, God's a spirit. So he he has some kind of whatever divine essence. Essence is a better word than DNA, more I think about it. So whatever the divine essence of God is, he created in his son. That's why Jesus' disciples said to Jesus, show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus' nature, his spirit, and how he speaks in his truth is identical to his Father. So that's what he was saying there. So when I always English, thought Jesus was some kind of demigod because he's called the Son of God and he's also called the Son of Man. Well, right. Well, that was because of the prophecy that God said he's going to raise up a prophet, a very special right. prophet to Moses, like Moses, and all that won't listen to the prophet will be destroyed. So this, we're very clear of a son of the Messiah would be a prophet, 
a son of man, but he would be also more. He would actually be the Christ, the son of a living God. And that's where the majority of Israel got it wrong, but 10% got it right. There's two comings of the Messiah. He would come 430 years after the temple was rebuilt in in Israel when 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 King Cyrus gave the decree that the Jews can return and build their temple. 49 years later, the temple was rebuilt. And right. then 434 years later, Jesus entered Jerusalem and was, and was killed, crucified for uh, for the sins of the world. So, and then that was the first coming, is the Lamb of God, 434 years after the temple was rebuilt. But then, and that would be 69 weeks of seven years is five, what was that, 489 years. But there's one week left, one seven-year period. It's written, right? Right. In the book of Daniel, there's one seven-week period left, a seven years of the Great Tribulation. And then the Messiah returns at the end of the seven years, not as a last. Destroys, destroys these armies, casts the Antichrist and the false prophet into the sun, into, and they're disintegrated, and that's when he throws Satan and binds them into hell in the center of the earth for a thousand years. Wow, well, we're uh, no problems today. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, Dan. I'm back. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we're having all. I'm having all kind of problems in the, here today with the connection, with the TV, uh, with the sound. So I don't know what's going on. It could be just uh, the box. The box you got from the TV company. Well, I think it's time they come out and give us a new modem. Because yeah, I'm not exactly. Gonna, why spend fifteen hundred dollars for a ninety-inch TV? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. True. Well, I mean, it could be the modem's bad. Yeah, it could be the modems. Yeah, well, it's been going in and out and in and out all day long, so it probably is. Yeah. But anyway, so that's what it's really saying. So when the so when the the Bible came to the translators of the earlier English versions and then the King James version, they had already been indoctrinated and brainwashed in Trinity: God the uh-huh. Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Three is one. So they adjusted some of it. To fit that so it may have said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was it could have said the son of uh, Theos and they could have took out the son because in their mind well he can't be the, he, he's God See, well, that's if, probably if what ch- they did if I had a child it, it would be a Denny it would right. be a Denny yeah that's true too so, yeah, it's something like that, Danny. They adjusted it. There's a few places where they adjusted it, and I'll tell you why. If you have 45 places in the Scripture, in the New Testament, where Jesus declares that he's truly the Son of God, when you have Jesus make a statement in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, when he says, Believe in the one true God and him, whom his Son, whom God has sent, well, that's very clear. There's one true God, and he's his son. 
So when there's right. 45 verses saying Jesus is truly the son of a living God, and then the 1 John 1 1 is a little ambiguous, you got to go with the 45 verses and what the Old Testament says. But see, the, the churches and these fake Christians today, they don't do that. They do the opposite. They cling to the one mistranslated verse, and they throw out the whole rest of the Bible. Like, what was that other verse you said before the sound went out, Danny? They do that with that. They deceitfully do it with every verse. But what was that verse, yeah. Danny? Yeah, what was Jesus, that Jesus said, that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. No. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Uh-huh. You see? Or the Father. Because, like I said... He's created in the image of God. If a, if a donkey was cloned and somebody said, show us a donkey, he'd say, if you see me, you see my father, donkey. That's true. Yeah. That's more proof. And I also think that verse originally said, when Jesus spoke it, I think they said, show us the father, Lord. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father and your father or the father. But they... Remember, it was spoke. It was a spoken gospel in Aramaic and Hebrew, and then it became a written gospel in Greek, and then later in the Latin and English. So this is an example of how the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. You think that's what happened to Paul's books? Because I don't think I believe Paul was probably a real Christian, uh, but uh, something was his words were easy to twist. They were easy to twist because Paul was a, he died book. He was beheaded for his faith by choice. Uh, you don't do that unless you have some faith. And he did, he did go through a lot and do a lot for the gospel. The thing about it is I don't even think Paul wrote the book of Romans. Cause yeah, the book that wouldn't of, make sense to me. The book of Romans is such a demonic work. It is so evil. It's such a fake forgery. It makes no sense. It contradicts a lot of what Paul wrote in his other Gospels. I don't think he even wrote it. I... Paul did write a letter to the to the called the Book of Romans. So since they said, "Well, we're well, we have real problems here," hold on, there. I'm back, Pastor. Yeah, we're going to have to call up after the show and tell them to come out. We need a new modem because I can't even keep I can't keep a connection normally for three minutes. We need a new modem. That's true. And it may be yeah. affecting the TV as well. Hopefully it is. So anyway, so back to what I was saying. Yeah, they doctored it. Uh, the, yeah, and the guy, I don't believe Paul wrote the Book of Romans as we read it today. Because Constantine and his Murray Band of lunatics could easily said, hey, this is the Book of Romans. This is our book. We'll do whatever we want with it. And they sure did. And that's why there's a chapter right. in the Book of Romans, chapter 13, I believe. It is total madness. Paul, this book, I won't even say Paul wrote it. One day when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask, get there. I'm going to ask Paul. Hey, Paul, because I believe Paul's in heaven. He died for the faith. I'll say, I, I hope he's in heaven. I'd say, hey, Paul, did, did you write this gospel? 
and he'd say, that ain't what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. good one. He probably would say that, too. Yeah. Well, you know, anybody can write a book and and say Harry Walter on it and change every word I've ever said. Well, it could also be like if, if there was no such thing as Internet, you write, well, what you can do is you can go to the Internet and write something, and if you realize you were wrong, you can fix it. Paul wrote those letters, and he had no opportunity to fix where it was misunderstood. Yeah, that's right. I said that a long time ago. You're very close yep, to earning your Ph.D., Danny, by the way. Yeah, I'd like to have a Ph.D. I have one, a Pastor Harry degree. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. You can call me Dr. Harry if you want. Dr. Harry? Dr. Harry, yeah. You don't want me doing any surgery on you, then, that's for sure. Oh, no way, huh? Maybe Open brain surgery, sa- especially. Brain salad surgery, maybe. But anyway, so anyway, that's what happened, Danny. So that that in the Book of Romans, chapter 13, is the most blasphemous nonsense I've ever seen in my life. Paul wrote that all governments are divine agents of God for goodness and a terror to evildoers. So that letter is saying that Adolf Hitler was a righteous, divine servant of God. Now, maybe Trump and his evangelicals believe that, but he wasn't. Nero came along, the emperor of Rome, and he, he, he killed thousands and thousands of Christians in the most diabolical ways he could, and he tied some up to stakes and burned them alive as horse human torches at night. That's a divine agent of God? I guess Vladimir Putin right now is a divine agent of God. And so is Donald Trump and Trudeau of Canada stripping people of every right, God-given right they have. And you can throw Xi in of China. You know, you know, it's interesting that all these communist nations and all, they ban the Bible. If I were right. them, I would have said the Bible's okay to read, but Romans 13, you better follow. <laughs> that would have been a little more... Yeah, but no, that book, I mean, we burned books of Romans before, Danny. Uh, I've always wanted to burn one on YouTube, but I didn't have the right setup. That's one of my small goals we can attain. I mean, you burned the book of Bible, Romans. How did you feel, Danny? Yeah, I got half of it. (laughs) 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 I, I, I thought I was once saved, always saved. I couldn't come down. Yeah, well, you know, it's liberating to burn that book. But when I say burn it, I don't want people to just say, I'm going to go out and burn my book of Romans because Pastor Harry said so. No, no. You burn the book of Romans because you've done a comparative study between Romans and the gospel through the Holy Spirit. And then you realize it's fake and a lie. Then what you do is very carefully take the pages out I've seen some other Christians say, yeah, I know the Book of Romans is a forgery. I know the Book of Romans wasn't uh, really written by God. I mean, wasn't written by God. It's of the devil. But then what happens is, Danny, wherever you are, what what happens is, um, yeah, we need a new modem, Danny, because the phone's connected to the yeah. modem, too. 
See, but I was saying yeah, what exactly. people do. Yeah, I've heard Chris. I've heard some uh, quote Christians say, "I know the Book of Romans is evil. I know it's fake. I know it's a forgery." I say, "Really? Then take it out of the Bible and burn it." Oh, I don't know. They get all scared because they still believe it's true. You know, we're I made a public showing when I burned mine. I burned it out right. in public where everybody could see me, and I got spit upon. Well, one day I hope that one day when I can get figure out how to do it, we are going to burn a book of Romans. We're going to get about twenty or thirty of them, and we're going to have a barbecue. Yeah. But see, if you people won't partake, it's because they believe it's true. Words deceive, but actions never lie. Like a guy says to a girl, he loves her. He's the love of her life. He wants her more than anything in the world. Really wants sex. But she says, then marry me. Like Beyonce says, if you want it, put a ring on it. And then suddenly the guy gets cold feet. He says, what's the matter? I thought you loved me, the love of your life, soulmates. See, and then he mm-hmm. walks. So people, words, can, words are important. But words have to meet, meet, agree with your actions or there's a big problem. Mm. So if you're afraid to take that book of Romans out of your Bible and burn it, it's because you're really lying to yourself. You believe that's scripture. Well, what really helped me was reading and comparing to what Jesus said. Because you read Romans chapter 3, it says, No one seeks after God. And then you read what Jesus said. He said, Seek and you shall find. And, yeah, uh, so which is it? Which is it, Paul? I mean, writer of Romans, you can't have it both ways. Now, Paul, yeah. uh, Peter, Peter read this book of Romans. He came across it, and he knew it was problematic and all, so he said something kind of nice. He said, well, Paul writes in a way that's kind of confusing and easy to twist, and, um, and, and the wicked will twist it to their own destruction. Right, so the wicked will twist the book of Romans by saying it's real. Just say it's real, it's to their own destruction. You can't twist the book of Romans to to your own destruction when you're lighting it on fire, you know, torching it. I think God was trying to strive with with Paul when he he struck him with blindness. He probably was trying to tell him, don't write any more letters. Well, he had a condition that he was blinded by the light. Blinded by the light on, on the road to Damascus, and then he had to go to some man and be healed and humble him. He humbled himself, and then God healed him. But Paul had some type of d- disease, some type of, I think it's called macular degeneration, where mm-hmm. his vision would fade in and out and in and out and in and out. And sometimes he could write, and sometimes Timothy, uh, his young apprentice, would be the devil's apprentice, would be writing for him. Yeah, it's a little pun on words, you know, from uh, a movie. So I know anyway, when, you, when you when you tell a story, if if you tell someone a story, and then the story get, that person tells the story, it's not the same story no more. No, uh, whispered down the lane, Danny. That's right. So that's why the Bible was written down. But I think that yeah, because you know who would write? See, they just started the Roman Catholic Church. They wanted to make God and church one, just like Donald Trump did, wanted to, and the evangelicals do. So they would write that book saying all all governments are, are from God, divine agents of God, and anyone that disobeys is an enemy of God and, and will face the sword. So they'd say, obey your emperor. You see? It's a manipulation, mm-hmm. Danny. It's a fraud. 
because we only are supposed to obey our governments in the Lord. And I don't know if there's very few government. The only government I know today that really is for their people, and that's getting somewhat corrupted, is, is the Israeli government. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll take a quick break here. Catch my breath. No, it's been a rough yeah, we got to get... God, than to play God. 
you determine how long that person has to breathe on this earth. And Jesus denounced the death penalty in the gospel. He said in times of old, it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Pray for Mm -hmm. them who use you. Jesus, uh, he was denounced the death penalty. He said, blessed are the merciful, for you shall obtain mercy. Dragging a person, slamming them on a table with their arms outstretched like they're being crucified, and pumping uh, drugs into them that causes them a terrible, torture, painful death is not mercy. So because the state of Florida loves death so much, God's saying, here, have a big mouthful. Have all the death you want, because there's going to be a lot of death there, Denny. And then it's going to become a nightmare, because it's hot down there. And the alligators and the poisonous snakes and the pythons and everything wicked is going to be released into that water. But didn't God God use the death penalty in the Old Testament? Yom Kippur, 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, the lamb was um, sacrificed, a lamb without spot or blemish. And those that would repent in Israel, their sins were covered for a year. And God said that one day he would send his lamb, the lamb of God, Jesus, the son, to take to take away the sins of the world. Just, right. just listen from where we're at, Danny. Let's get a new modem. And then um, another problem. Another reason why God instituted the death penalty, stoning to death, which is a brutal way to die, which they still do in uh, Muslim nations around the world today, some of them, because Mm -hmm. the the death penalty was a deterrent. And it wasn't just the death penalty was not just for murder. The death penalty was for practicing or teaching witchcraft and magic. Uh, the death penalty was for uh, people that would have sex with animals and practice every abomination that God said not to do. And the death penalty was also for adultery. So there's a lot of things it was for. So really what it meant was this. Somebody could have hated God in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and they could be a witch, a very dark, evil witch, but they wouldn't publicly teach Satan's religion because he they knew if they get caught they're going to get stoned to death so Satan their own life was a little more precious to them than their witchcraft religion um, right a person may want to have sex with his neighbor's wife and sits and looks at her every day fantasizing about it but he won't actually go out and do it or try to do it because if he does he'll be stoned to death so he didn't want to have sex with her that bad. And somebody no, maybe, uh-uh. no. And um someone may be filled with hatred. Damn, just somebody may be filled with hatred and want to kill kill you. But they don't want to be stoned to death, so they leave you alone. So the point was God So what are you trying stuck, to say? It's it's good to have the law on the books but not to enforce it? No, it's not good to have the death penalty on the books at all. If you claim you follow, you're a follower of Jesus as the Son of God, no. Right. But the point is, there's an God was teaching us something. 
Weak laws encourage crime. Strong laws deter crime. And uh-huh. that's why today in these liberal cities, they're, they're having cashless bail. A guy goes in, a guy goes into McDonald's, Lenny. He gets in an argument. He reaches into his gym bag, takes out a hand hatchet, and starts smashing tables and chairs and threatening everyone with it. You know what, you know what happened to him? Uh-uh. He was he was arrested. He was released in two hours in New York City because he didn't assault or hit anyone with the axe or killed him. That's a joke. If he would have went to jail, no bail, and then he would have went to jail for five years, see, that's a deterrent. And um, speaking of deterrence, to me, one of the worst evils and crimes of, that can be committed by a human being now, if you listen to a lot of people in the Bible Belt, they would say it's uh, killing a child, and that's terrible. Um, murdering a dog is terrible, as was done to my dog by the Kalispell No-Kill Animal Shelter on Cemetery Road, Kalispell, Montana, 59901. Yeah, when you sign a legal contract, Danny, that unless my dog bites a person or attacks another dog, they have to keep him alive, even if they have to take him to another shelter across the country. Well, because he was hard to adopt and his bag of food was expensive, they murdered him. They executed him. Yeah. It's not what we wanted, but it's what they did. And then, okay, so now back to the crime. What I, To me, one of the worst crimes in the world there ever is, is police brutality. Because a policeman has to pass, depending on what type of policeman... City police, more than a local deputy, state police get nine months of training. They're more trained in the military. Um, so they have to pass psychological tests, all this stuff, screening. A lot came out of the military, but the point is. He takes an oath to swear, to protect, an oath to serve and protect the community, right? So, um, hey, Danny, back again. Back again. So here's a man, a guy, comes a policeman. He's given a badge, a gun, and the authority to shoot you dead if you're a threat to him or others, or he perceives that even as a threat to himself or others, he can shoot you dead. And he's given the power to pull you over on the road. He's the power to arrest you, to put you in handcuffs and take you to a jail. And for him to go out and commit brutality to assault, torture, or and or execute, kill an innocent person or a handcuffed person, which is the, is, is it's, it's a, it's one of the most godless, wicked acts a person could do. It's, it's, it's a lot like Judas betraying Jesus and sending him to his death. It's a, it's a public betrayal of the trust the community puts into that man. Yeah. And, and the sickest thing about police brutality is 98% of the time police get away with murder, literally, because the other officers, although they didn't, partake in it, let's say, even if they go to church and would never do it themselves, they will lie for the killer cop. 
the blue yeah. wall of silence. They will lie for the killer cop because their career and their pension and everything else being a policeman gives them is more important than what God said in that person's life. And um, the other day we had a situation next door uh, where a person, he's mentally ill, he's got severe problems, he's on drugs, he was smashing his house apart as usual. We heard glass breaking, a door being shattered, walls being hit, and he has a very thin, frail addict wife and a 20-year-old kid, stepson. And we knew it's just a matter of time when, uh, when that when that guy's going to hit one of them and kill him or put him in a hospital or shatter their jaw. And uh, we called we called the police on him. And that's what you should do. And that violent, when somebody is that out of control and violent, Danny, you must call the police. And I hate calling the police. I, I, I despise doing it with a passion. Well, what, Steve, what would your alternative be? What would Let you somebody you, get hurt and it would be you, my fault. What would you have done if you hit that woman in the face and broke her jaw and she oh, fell I, down I the steps? guilty forever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, interesting thing happened. I saw the policeman pull up, the deputy. He's knocking on the door and nothing's happening because the person probably doesn't want to come out, open the door. And I saw the state trooper pull up. A great respect for state troopers. Eh? And right. as soon as that trooper got out of his car... He put his bulletproof vest on. And then they knocked on the door again, and he wouldn't open the door. And finally, the landlord came with the key and opened the door, and this uh, person was not in the house. He had snuck out the back or a window. They found him later. But here's what happened. Here's what's interesting about this policeman. Well, this state trooper, he did the right thing, Danny. And here's what he did. This happens a lot of domestic violence when women are being beaten and battered and injured and everything else and children. Here's what happened. The, the wife and the 20-year-old son, they, they were downplaying everything. Well, he just got a little upset. He's not really violent, all this nonsense. And the police state troopers looking around at four shattered windows. The front door is shattered, broken, and laying out in, on the porch. And he knew there was violence, and he took charges out himself against this guy, and now they're going to hopefully get him the help he needs because he needs to be in a mental hospital or drugs rehab or something. Then. Yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, he, the, the, the whole reason why people do violence like that is because they really need mental health, and they can't get insurance outside of prison. But that is not true, Danny, because for mental health, he could – Hello? Oh. Well, we are having real difficulty here today on Doomsday Talk Radio with our modem because it's broken and going in and out and uh, everything else. Okay, Danny, back again. All right. Now, anyone that has mental, anyone can get help at a state mental hospital if they're a threat to themselves mm-hmm. or others. What if you do, What if you live in a poor state like I live in, called West Virginia? And there's no way to get insurance. 
You don't. You make sure just, you make just enough money that you you're not. You they won't give you insurance. Well, this has nothing to do with insurance. If the police the police could take him to the state hospital and they will treat him and keep him there. That's true. That is safe. true. Yeah. But you know, so police brutality is a terrible thing. The other policemen will lie for the killer cop, the violent cop, the criminal cop, the Judas cop. He is a Judas cop, doing wrong, hurting people instead of protecting them. And they get away literally with murder 98% of the time. Now that Chauvin did execute George Floyd on live television, we watched and people watched in horror as he's killing them not allowing him to breathe with his knee on his neck for nine minutes and I think 46 seconds. We watched that. People were horrified. I mean, and, and then we watched the four other policemen protecting him, keeping the crowd away, making sure he can do whatever he wants. And people were yelling, get off of him, get off of him, you're going to kill him, leave him alone. And his face became so defiant, you could see the devil in his face. And he would not get off George Floyd's neck until he was certain he was dead. Dead. Yeah. And uh, it sickens me. Yeah, it does sicken me. And, you know, how do you stop police brutality? You really can't. Um, Because this is the way it is. But I was talking to someone, and this may be just something that, a major toll in my life, but the truth is the truth. This is my was my proposal. It'll never happen, but it would work to stop police brutality. First, I said if a policeman commits deliberate and willful assault or a murder of a, of a citizen, they should be put in prison in a gen pop and on the back of their bright orange jumpsuit write in big letters, police. Now, that would be a real deterrent, wouldn't it, Dang? It would. Right. 99% of police brutality would end on that day. And the 1% that, that, of police... What? That's, uh... I don't know if that would be uh, contributing to more violence, though. Well, no, but let's just look at the first point, Danny. We only got five minutes left. That would stop... Police brutality, 99% in one minute. Because the only policeman that would do that would be someone that's so deranged they should be put away for the criminally insane. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what you said is true. It would contribute to more human violence and sin. Because if inmates would violently and sexually assault this cop and then kill him, you're really feeding a lion, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So some, somebody I talked to, they have a lot of wisdom from God. They pointed that out, and I agree. So that's off the table. So we'll go to something better. In this fantasy way to stop the wickedness of police brutality, because I don't want to see anyone hurt in this world, Danny. I don't right. want to see policemen hurt. I don't want to see criminals wrongfully hurt. I don't want to see no one hurt. And I don't hate anyone. We we stood and watched that policeman out there and that trooper for 35 minutes in case that guy came out with a gun or a knife and they were forced to shoot him, we could testify for them. Yeah. If we hated him, we would have pulled the shade down. 
You know, and uh, so anyway, how about this one? In this fantasy world, it'll never come true. There's an old saying in a perfect world. Well, Danny, what do you think, Danny? Oh, what a show. A lot of problems today here. Another call drop. That's technology. When it's working fine, it's working fine. And when it's not, it's not. And that's the way it works here. But um, if our, my co-host is back. I'm back, Pastor. Yeah. You see, Danny, I'm not a preacher. I've seen these TV evangelists, they can get up and they can rant and rave with their lies for three hours all by themselves, and every third word is I. I, I need a co-host. I need, but anyway, real quick, we only got two minutes left. Okay, now, if, that, if a policeman knows they're getting thrown into a den of 12 hungry lions, if they, if they assault or kill an innocent person, they're not going to do nothing. You think right. Chauvin? You think Chauvin, with a hundred people watching with cell phones, taking pictures and video of him, and news trucks, you think he would have executed George Floyd if he knew he's going to get thrown into a lion's den? No, huh? No, no. Ninety-nine percent chance he wouldn't. If he did, he's criminally insane and would be thrown into a, a insane asylum for life. So, because of the den of lions. Not one person would be hurt. Well, unless the 1% is criminally insane, see, it keeps the police kosher. It keeps them honest. I heard from a prison psychiatrist one time that uh, 80% of the people in prison have some kind of mental disorder, but they can't get help outside the prison. Well, that is not true, Danny. That's not true. Anyone can get help if you want help. That's a lie. That's just... That's not true. But if, what happens if it costs money to get medication and you can't afford the medication? They will They will take care of that, Danny. You that, would hope so, but no, people but really don't not, care when it comes to money. But, but that's not the issue. But right now we have a minute left. Yeah, I know they don't care, Danny. But this is a hypothetical fantasy in a perfect world. You know, in a perfect world, uh, if a doctor... Uh, commits malpractice, he should lose his license. There's a lot of things in a perfect world. But we don't live in a perfect world. But here, with 60 seconds left, I'm watching right now with no sound. uh, Ian, the Hurricane 5, is now hitting Florida with just about Cat 5 force. Wind gusts over 165 miles an hour. Why didn't every famous televangelist in this country and all the great pastors and televangelists of Florida, why didn't they all gather at the shore yesterday and rebuke the storm in the name of Jesus, and why didn't they shatter that storm Mm -hmm. in the power of the Holy Spirit? Why? Why didn't they do that, Danny? I have no idea, because they know they have no power. Right. They know they're fakes, they're liars. They're fighting the Holy Spirit. They're not preaching the truth, and they'll look bad. 
And that's why I don't see anybody out there praying. And with that said, God bless. Good night and take care.